was having a conversation with someone this week and I really got the impression that they were really, really tired and just over it all. You know, and sometimes it's like that, isn't it? And if you're watching this into the future, it's currently uh, September 2021 and here in New Zealand we're in level 5 uh, lockdown and um, people are starting to get tired. And all over the world I think t people are getting tired of lockdown and uh, politics and COVID and all that stuff. But even if you didn't have that, there is a sense that um, there's just often just a lot of noise that just wears you down. And it's just like in the background and it just keeps on stressing you. And you, it's a bit like you're the meat in the sandwich and everybody wants a bite. Yeah, you know, it's, it's people, it's politics, it's media, it's feelings, it's thoughts. And yeah, you know, the grind of the grindstone it wears you down to you feel like there's nothing left. And all you want to do is run to a place where, as, as the U2 song says, uh, where the streets have no names. And I'd also add no postal codes and there's no one hammering on the door. <laughs> you know, and the other day um, I was looking at my mother's Bible. And actually I'll just get it. It's just here. And it's right here. Um, this is my mum's old Bible. She passed away a few years ago. And I was flicking through the Bible and happened to come across a verse that she had um, underlined and put a date next to it. And I checked, checked the date and there's a picture on the, of that actual verse <coughs> over on the blog, which is in, you can find the link in the, in the show notes. But I checked the date with other memories of what is happening for her in that time of the life. And this was a time when she was a real struggle. Um, my dad was unwell and he was dying, basically. We were losing him and actually uh, I looked up the dates and he died 82 days later. I think he was 81 when he, when he died. And uh, she would actually die just some uh, 166 days later. And in that, um, in that period of time there was a, it was a terrible. And I actually recently wrote about uh, finding that um, passage um, in uh, and not a blog post, which you can read if you come online. Um, but the word that was really there that jumped out at me was the word refuge. And it's like uh, the cleft of the rock to shelter and, you know, that little gap you can shelter in. Or it's like what Jesus said about a mother hen gathering its hens under, the, under its wings. It's also uh, like the alluring whisper. <laughs> Of a lover to come away with me to the desert, which is a picture of God and what God wants to do with us, allure us into the desert. It's also a city or a town that's been set up in advance by God to for us to hide. And you know, in the Bible, it says in this book called Numbers, we find that God gave the Israelites some instructions about making certain towns and places to be where you could run to if you if there was an accidental manslaughter. Uh, you could run and claim asylum. Numbers 35 says, when you cross the River Jordan, you know, when you go into this new land, into the country of Cana, designate yourself asylum cities, towns to which a person who accidentally kills someone can flee for asylum. These will be places of refuge. So if you accidentally kill someone, say, 
my case would be cutting down a tree and it falls on someone's house, someone's house and kills them. And you're like, oh boy. So you ran. And there were people that want to take revenge. And you say, ran. But where do you run to? Well, God prescribed these certain towns to be places where you could run to, find safety, and where the accusations could be heard and true justice would be done. It was a re place of refuge, like a shelter from the storm. And everybody knew ahead of time, if this happens, go there. And in many different ways, people still need a safe place to run to, a place where they can be heard, <coughs> loved, known, and supported. Look, I get many emails from people who, who come to my most popular blog post, I've had enough, God, take my life, I want to die. And they're in strife. You know, the storm is raging and they just want someone um, to be there. And so they email me. And I respond and hopefully what I share, or more so by just being there, uh, they catch their breath. Very few engage actually beyond that first email and my response. But, but I know that the storm will probably hit again and then I wonder what they'll do. Look, um, in parts of the USA, uh, homeowners have this kind of door in their backyard, in the garden, and it's like a trap door. And at certain times of the year, storms can roll in and, you know, just destroy everything. You've probably seen these big, massive storm fronts coming through. So what they do is they prepare in advance, and, uh, and they make this uh, storm cellar. They've got a place to go. And I suppose they put some <coughs> canned foods and bottles of water in there, maybe some sort of communication device. But it's ready for when the storm comes. It's, it's kind of a city of refuge. But what about emotional storms, uh, relational violent storms? Uh, here in New Zealand, we have an organisation called Women's Refuge. And it's a wonderful organisation, and it's all across New Zealand. And, and basically, they have these safe houses where women and their children can go to and find safety from security and security from dangerous partners yeah and they can get help um, and support and what the next step what they'll do you know and I've also known women who have who men have emotionally battered you know no physical scars no violence but there was a destruction of their beauty and, and they wanted shelter you know and actually men need this too men need safe others who will listen without you know just just listen to them Oh, look, I think of the number of men I know who have relationships where they're actually getting emotionally abused by a woman. You know, they're and they're struggling to cope, but they think, oh, it's too weak to reach out for help, you know. What would, what would anybody think if I, you know, if I tell my story? And so they're stuck in this wild storm and they're getting crushed. You know, the most important um, item in a storm, which, which I have found personally, is to know that you're not alone. It really is to know that you're not alone. So that you have someone to say, uh, this will pass and we will together emerge back into the world and we'll be stronger for it. I think we, we all need safe places and people where we can find refuge. Relationships that matter and, and we build them before the storm. And if we haven't, well, we build them anyway. Yeah, it could simply be a phone call to a friend. Maybe it's an email to someone like me. Um, for some, it's a hobby. While others, it's a, a spiritual practice. 
It, it could be going for a walk or practicing mindfulness. There will be a, a caring for the eye. Now, if you don't know what I'm talking about, that I've got a link about that in the show notes that you can come and um, look at. Look, I've had the privilege of being a place of refuge for uh, for the weary and tired to rest. <laughs> and at times in the past, you know, when I had a physical office or study, I'd say, come into my office or study and rest. And people would, they'd just go, slob. <laughs> but, but more so, it has been a sense that people can share the burden of the reality that they are living in. They just need someone to talk to. So, you know, we talk, we listen, we pray, and then we leave a little bit stronger. And, and I still offer this um, in conversations, and you can find out about that if you come to the website. And then, then it's, it's, it's a, a making um, a habit of building resilience into your daily refuge, you know, building the daily refuge into yourself, you know, strengthening for when the storms do come again. Uh, this post that I'm sharing with you uh, was in part inspired by listening to a podcast uh, episode of Being Well with Dr. Rick Hansen and his son, Forrest Hansen. And Rick mentioned uh, the need for all of us to have a refuge. And he said that a refuge is anything that protects, nurtures or uplifts you. Uh, life can be hard and everyone has difficult, uncomfortable experiences. We all need refuges. Uh, what are your own, he says. And then he, he went on to offer a specific practice of finding refuge. And I'm just going to read out what he shared here. It's from this book called Resilience. He says this. Pick something that is a refuge for you, such as the image of a beautiful meadow, the memory of a loved one, or the wisdom in a saying. Open to the feelings and sensations related to this refuge. Get a sense of having a refuge and staying with this experience and let it in. Try naming the refuge to yourself, such as, I take refuge in whatever that might be. See, see how this feels and allow the sense of refuge to grow inside you. Try naming with other, try this naming with other refuges. Um, explore relating to a refuge, not as something over there that's separate from you, but rather as something already present in you. You could say to yourself things like, may I come from, or I'm abiding as or may I be uplifted by, and regard it in this way, and I love this, a refuge can feel like a wholesome, beneficial current carrying you along. Try taking refuge in gratitude, in the feeling of being liked by people who do care about you, in the sense of your kindness and decency and anything else you want. Give over to the refuges. Give over to the refuges. <laughs> Let them live you, as Dr. Rick Hansen. So when you're tired and weary, you need a refuge. Here's some quotes. In the inner stillness where meditation leads, the spirit secretly anoints the soul and heals our deepest wounds. John of the Cross. And thou hast made us for thyself, O Lord, and our heart is restless until it finds its rest in thee. That's Augustine. Contemplation isn't thinking about something or other, even thinking about God. 
It's making space in our hearts for the touch of the loving and living God and then allowing that touch to flow through the rest of our being and out into the world. David Benner Augustine says, You have made us for yourself, Lord, and our hearts are restless until they rest in you. Spirituality is about what we do with our unrest. Ronald Rollheiser David Riddell says that tiredness is of the body, but weariness is of the soul, and isn't healed by sleep as as much by examining the pressures that bear down upon our soul. And Victor Hugo, I love this one. <laughs> Too much improvisation empties the mind in a stupid way. Running bare gathers no froth. No haste, gentlemen. Let us mingle majesty with the feast. Let us eat with meditation. Let us make haste slowly. Let us not hurry. Ah, oh, I love that. <laughs> that was from Les Mis too. And the final one from Rob Bell. The antidote to stress, depression, anxiety, to despair is to be on, then off. Work, play. Inhale, exhale. Summer, winter. Rhythm is built into creation. And the problem with the modern world is that you can get tomatoes at 2am. <laughs> Love that. Here's some questions to answer. One, what is the source of noise that you need to either turn down or create a refuge from? Number two, what is a refuge for you? Number three, is there something that stops you from being kind to yourself? Hey, uh, so that's this week's post. Hey, if you want to read more, you know, come over to the blog. Um, there's um, The link is on the show notes of this episode. But please um, give me an email. Love to hear from my people. Um, it's barry at turningthepage.co.nz. And uh, just another really big thank you to those people who uh, support Turning the Page. Um, people on that are uh, giving via Patreon or other ways. And if you want to be one of those wonderful people, then it's um, it's turningthepage.co.nz forward slash support. Okay, until next week, find that place of refuge and enjoy it. Okay, bye.